You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 41. The Bible says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days... They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you'd speak to us in these few moments that we're together this morning. I thank you for the privilege it's been already to be in church and to be with Uh, people that are like-minded, people that are saved, people that have a desire to uh, know more about you and to draw closer to you. Lord, I realize this morning that in a crowd this size, there are probably some that do not know for sure that heaven is their home. And it is my prayer that this morning that the Holy Spirit of God will speak and that they will receive the the instruction and that they will uh, make today the day of their salvation. I pray for those listening by way of radio, those watching online. I pray that you would minister to our hearts, and may we receive what you have for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Luke chapter 2, we find an account that I'm going I'm to title this, Jesus in the Classroom. Interesting. He's in the classroom as a 12-year-old boy, but he is not just a student. He's also the teacher. Because it says in Luke chapter 2 in verse number 46 that they found him, they found Jesus in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors. Now the word doctors is not the medical doctors, this is not the medical professionals, this is not the physicians, but this word doctors is the word teachers. And so Jesus is sitting in the middle of the temple with the teachers all around him, and the Bible says that he is both hearing them and asking them questions. Now that's a good thing for a student to do, right? It's good for a student to listen. It's good for a student to ask questions. And that's what Jesus was doing. But notice it goes on to say that when they heard him, verse 47, they were astonished at his understanding and his answers. These teachers were blown away. They were amazed to think that this 12-year-old boy, he already had so much understanding 
And he already knew so many answers concerning the Old Testament law. Now, you don't have to turn there, but in Daniel chapter 1, the Bible describes four young men, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the Bible describes in Daniel chapter 1, three different times that these young men, they had wisdom, they had understanding, uh, they, uh, they were uh, uh, skilled in knowledge, and these things they had. Now, knowledge and understanding and wisdom come from two different places, two main places. Let me say this. Number one, it comes from being taught. And I thank God for people that have taught me. Aren't you glad for people that have taught you in your life? But the Bible goes on to say that God is the one that blessed these men with wisdom and understanding. You know, as these students go back to school, some that are still in here, uh, the, the fourth grade and up, and those that are in junior churches and those that are in other places, as our students go back to school, we need to pray that God would give them wisdom. We need to pray that God would open their understanding. We need to pray that the teachers would have the words to say to be able to instruct them. But we see in this passage, Luke 2, that Jesus Christ is in the classroom. He is the student. He is also the teacher. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, uh, Rabbi, that is um, the master teacher. He said, we know that thou art a teacher sent from God. Then in Acts 13, the Bible says that there were in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Ephesians 4, the Bible says that God gives to the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Teachers are so important. And I know this is back to school and we're talking about teachers in the schoolroom, but I'm also talking about teachers in the Sunday school. I'm also talking about teachers in the home. I'm also talking about those of us as Christians who have a responsibility to teach the next generation. The Bible warns of false teachers and teachers having itching ears. Teachers that don't necessarily tell the truth, they just tell people what they want to hear. And may God help us to teach the truth. May God help us to tell the truth. Here in Luke chapter 2, we see that Jesus ends up in the classroom. You could say the Sunday school classroom because it was in the temple. But needless to say, he was in the midst of the teachers, both hearing them and asking them questions. I want you to see in this passage, number one, there was a trip that had to be planned. The Bible says in verse number 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. It says in verse number 43, when they had fulfilled the days, their trip came to an end that they returned from Jerusalem and they left the child Jesus behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Now parents, I don't have to tell you what an awful feeling that is for a split second when you don't know where your child is. Uh, teachers, I don't have to tell you what an awful feeling that is for a split second when you're thinking, where's Johnny? You know, uh, he was just here. But Mary and Joseph, they're traveling back from Jerusalem and they don't have Jesus. So they're on a trip. They had to plan a trip to get to Jerusalem. Can I tell you, a trip takes time. A trip takes planning. A trip is expensive. A trip has to be scheduled. Now, some of you, I don't like you very much because you can take a trip at the drop of a hat. And that's just that's the way you're wired. 
How many of you are like that? If I said today we're loading up and we're going somewhere, you'd be all in. Let me see your hands, all right? Wow, a lot of you. Man, I didn't realize there were that many I didn't like. How many of you are like me? You need time to prepare. And not just physically and like preparing stuff, but you, you got to be in the right mindset. It's like you got to have, you got to be thinking about this. I've got some family members and friends that if you said right after church, when the message is done in two and a half hours, no, no, it won't be that long. But as soon as church is over, we're hopping in the car and we're going to drive 500 miles. I've got family members and friends that would love that. I would hate it. I say, I'm not ready. You say, well, you don't need to be ready. Yes, I do. My mind needs to be ready for this trip. A trip takes some time. And here, Mary and Joseph, they took a trip, not just for sightseeing, not just for pleasure, but they took a trip because they wanted to get Jesus to the temple. They wanted to get Jesus to a place where he needed to be spiritually. They wanted to get Jesus to a place where he could sit under the teaching and he could learn. I'll say this, number one, there's a trip. There's going to be some cost involved. There's going to be some sacrifice involved. But may God help us to take our children to the place where they need to be spiritually. May God help us to set aside some time in our schedules to say, we're not just counting on the teachers to teach them about God, but we're taking some time at home to teach our children the Bible. We're not just having them pray in Sunday school, but we're having them pray in the home. May God help us to take that priority and put it back into our lives. Number one, there was a trip. Number two, I see there was timing. The Bible says that this feast of the Passover, it happened every year. And so they went at that specific time. Now here's, here's the message I wanna get to us this morning, and that is this. Did you know that our children, they need consistency. They need faithfulness. They need commitment. Now let's be honest. Sometimes we've got too many irons in the fire. Sometimes we're good at doing something for a while and then we fall off the wagon. <laughs> Maybe it's a diet. <laughs> Maybe it's an exercise program. And if you're like me, I do good for about three weeks. And then after that, I say, forget it. You know what I mean? I got better things to do. I got more important stuff to take care of. Friend, you may do that with work. You may do that with a hobby, but you cannot do that with your spiritual life. There's got to be consistency. We've got to make sure that we are committed and faithful, not just for the children, but for us as well. I love what it says in uh, verse number, uh, let's see here, 42. It says, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to, to Jerusalem. Did you catch that? They didn't send Jesus. They said, hey, Jesus, you can go with family. You can go with friends. We'll see you when you get back. But they took him. And may God help us as parents to set the example when it comes to spiritual things. Number one, the trip. Number two, the timing. Number three, the temple. They went to the temple. What happened at the temple? Oh, they probably had good food there. No. Oh, they probably had a, a really exciting program there. Well, probably not. But I'll tell you what happened at the temple. In Old Testament times and up to this point here, when you went to the temple, you worship God. And I want to remind you, when we come to this temple, when we come to the church, when we come to this assembly of, of called out believers, when we come to church, 
We're not here to worship a man. We're not here to worship a building. We're not here to worship our ideas. We are here for one reason, and that is to worship God. And let's not forget, church is not about, well, I didn't really enjoy it a whole lot, or I didn't get a lot out of it. Well, I hope you did, but if nothing else, I hope you came to worship God. The temple was about worship, but the temple was also about sacrifice. You see, in Luke chapter 2, earlier in the passage, the Bible says in verse number uh, 23, and it is written... In the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a a pair of turtle doves or or two young pigeons. And so in Luke 2, they had already, after Jesus' birth, they had gone to the temple, they had offered sacrifices. That's what people did when they went to church. They offered sacrifices. Now, aren't you glad we didn't ask you today to bring animals in here? And we weren't planning uh, to have a, a sacrifice or a burnt offering or anything like that. But we do have something, it's called an offering plate. We do have something that is called a tithe. We do have something that is called missions giving. We have our bus giving. We do have our building fund. We have these things. And you say, why do you have it? Because we want to do what we can to su- support, promote the work of God. But we want to be obedient to what God has called us to do. You say, well, pastor, I came today and... I didn't bring any money. Well, that's okay. You know what God wants more than your money? He wants you. And if he's got your heart, and if he's got your love, and if he's got your focus, uh, the the money, that'll follow the tithes and offerings. That's not going to be a problem because where your treasure is, there we heart be also. They go together. But we see the temple. I believe it's time for God's people. Yes, I know it's time to go back to school, but maybe it's time to get back to church. And you say, well, pastor, we're here. I know, but we got a lot of folks listening on the radio. we got a lot of folks watching online. We've got a lot of folks that maybe it's been a while since you've been to church. It's time to get back to church. Think about how much you look forward to hunting season. Do we have any hunters in here? Oh, we got some. I made a mistake in the early service. I said, hunting season starts in October. Somebody said, oh, no, it starts in September. I guess it depends on what you're hunting. But hunting season comes around and you're, I can't wait to get back. I've missed it. Wouldn't it be great if we had that same attitude about church? Man, Sunday comes to a close. Man, I can't wait to get back Sunday night. Sunday night ends. I can't wait to get back to church on Wednesday. Wednesday comes to a close. and Man, I can't wait to get back. May God help us to have that desire for the things of God like we have for other things. And I'm not against hunting. I'm not a hunter. But I'm looking forward to football season. How many football fans do we have? College, NFL, we got anybody that likes football? Not, well, not very many. All right. Well, for those of us spiritual ones, we're looking forward to football season. And football season comes, and oh, man, this is great. I can't wait. I missed it. I even, had, I even had in the back row in the early service, I had Liz Dunlow that raised her hand, and I knew why she raised her hand. She's a Cowboy fan. And friend, if Cowboy fans can look forward to football season, then everybody else could too. And if cowboy fans can look forward to football season, I think God's people can look forward to going to church. You say, why? Because you come to church and you're going to be a winner. I'll promise you that. (sighs) And I feel bad too because I grew up up a, a Cowboys and a Broncos fan. My dad loved the Cowboys. My mom loved the Broncos. And those poor Cowboys have had some issues. But here's what I'm saying. The temple, it was a place for worship. It was a place for sacrifices. 
But number four I see in this passage, I see the tragedy. The tragedy is that Mary and Joseph, they, they went to the temple, they took Jesus to Jerusalem, and then they started traveling back home. And the Bible says they went a day's journey. They, they were traveling for a whole day, and Jesus was not with them. And they didn't realize it. You see, usually the way that that happens, it's not on purpose, but it's on accident. You just assume that Jesus is there. You just assume that everything's good. But what happens many times is we get away from our Bible reading. We get away from our prayer life. We get away from church. We get away from serving. We get away from witnessing. We get away from, from sacrificing. We get away from the things of God. And it's so gradual that you just assume that Jesus is with you. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you can't lose it. Uh, there's nothing you can do to lose it. There's nothing Satan can do to take it away from you. And Jesus said that you are in his hand and you're in the Father's hand. And you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. You're saved. But I'm saying this, you can lose the fellowship. You can lose the closeness. You can lose the relationship. You can lose the power. You can lose the joy. And maybe today it's time to get that back. You say, well, pastor, I'm in church. And I say, great, maybe you need to get, maybe you need to get the thrill back. Maybe you need to get the joy back. Maybe you need to get your passion back. But the tragedy is they couldn't find Jesus. I'll ask this question, and this is a sobering question. I wonder if they had forgotten who Jesus was. Now keep in mind, now, now stay with me here. I, I need you to think. Did Mary know that Jesus was the Son of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember the angel came and said, and thou shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Remember when the angel spoke to Joseph and said, hey, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Mary and Joseph, they knew that Jesus was a special child. They knew that Jesus was the Son of God. But here, it almost seems like maybe they had forgotten that. Because we get to the end of this passage and, and they, they were confused, like, why would Jesus still be in the temple? And Jesus said, wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. Jesus said, I got a job to do. And it's not because of Joseph, who is my earthly father, but it's because of Jesus, who is my real father. Uh, because of God, who is my real father. God, who is my heavenly father. He said, I must be about his business. But maybe they forgot who Jesus was. Maybe today you're in church, but you've forgotten who Jesus is. Maybe you've forgotten what he did for you. Maybe you have forgotten the day you got saved. Maybe you have forgotten all the miracles he's done. Maybe you have forgotten that Jesus Christ died on a cross and shed his blood so that you could be saved and that you could escape the punishment of hell and you could have a home in heaven. Maybe you've forgotten who Jesus is. Maybe today you haven't left him behind, but in your mind and in your heart, you have forgotten who Jesus really is. That's a tragedy. Number five, quickly, I see in this passage, the teaching. The Bible tells us that there's teaching going on because Jesus is sitting in the midst of the, the temple, in the midst of the doctors, in the midst of the teachers, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Jesus is listening and Jesus is asking questions. Did you know it's a good thing to ask questions? 
And Jesus is not only the student here, but Jesus is the teacher. And friend, I don't know about you this morning, but I know I've, I've got some questions. And I've had some questions in life. Have you ever had some questions in life that you felt like that God didn't answer? I believe God has all the answers, and I believe Jesus is the answer to every problem, but sometimes God doesn't articulate those to you. Sometimes God doesn't explain those to you, and sometimes you, you go through life and you don't understand what's going on. So when God does not answer your question, he does answer it. But sometimes God's answer is, trust me. Sometimes God's answer is, you better wait on that. Sometimes God's answer is, you better slow down. Sometimes God's answer is, be still and just know that I am God. Know that I've got it under control. But Jesus is the answer, but sometimes we don't always get the answer we want or the answer we expect. So how will we respond to that? Will you trust the Lord even in those times and seasons of life? Teaching takes time. And all the teachers in this room said amen to that. If a parent were to come to you after the first day and say, what's the problem? My child's been in school a whole day and they don't know everything yet. <laughs> say, well, it takes time. And God's still trying to teach you and God's still trying to teach me. Jesus was in the temple three days and three nights. And, and, and it takes time to teach. It takes time to learn. I see quickly number six. I see there's a few takeaways from this passage. One is Mary and Joseph should have known where to find Jesus. They left him behind, and when they went back to Jerusalem, he was in the place where they left him. And friend, I want to tell you today, if, if, you're, if you've left Jesus behind, I'll tell you where he is. He's right where you left him. Maybe it was in your living room where you used to read your Bible and pray, and you don't do it anymore. Well, guess where you'll find him? You'll find him right there. Maybe you had a, a walking path that you would take and you would walk and you would pray and you haven't been on that path in a while. I'll tell you where you'll find him. You'll find him there. Uh, maybe it's been a while since you have uh, 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 served God. Maybe it's been a while since you've, uh, you've done something uh, above and beyond to help somebody and you knew that that's what God wanted you to do. I'll tell you where you'll find him. You'll find him back in that ministry where you left him. Maybe you've gotten away from the Lord and maybe there is some sinful habit. Maybe there is some sinful attitude. Maybe you've become critical. Maybe you've become bitter. Maybe you've become angry. I'll tell you where you'll find him. You'll find him when you get back and you get right and you confess that bitterness and you confess that, that anger and you confess that critical spirit that you have. I'll tell you where you'll find him. You'll find him where you left him, that Mary and Joseph should have known where to find him. Number two, here's a takeaway. Jesus was busy in his father's work. And if Jesus should, would have been busy in his father's work, don't you think we ought to be busy in our father's work? Don't you think we ought to be busy serving the king of kings and lord of lords? The great commission, that's the work that God's called us to do. And in that great commission, it says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In the book of Matthew, it tells us that the great commission is to go and preach, baptize, and then it says, and teach. That's part of the great commission that God's given us is to teach and to teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. There's a mission we have to teach. The disciples in Acts chapter 5, they were daily in the temple uh, and they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. That is our mission. We have a mission to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our mission. We're so wrapped up in our kingdom. We're so wrapped up with what we want to do and, and what's on our agenda and what's on our mind and what's, what's in our heart. Well, friend, what about what God wants? That's why we're here. That's why we were created. Uh, Revelation 4, to bring honor and glory and pleasure to him. That is the Father's business. And then another takeaway is I think that we ought to be in submission to those that are in authority in our lives. Notice with me, if you would, verse 51. After Mary and Joseph found Jesus, the Bible says he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. You know what that word subject means? It means he was yielded. He was in submission to his parents. Now, if Jesus Christ needed to be in submission to his authorities, I got news for you. You and I need to be subject and we need to be in submission to our authorities. You say, well, pastor, who's my authority? And I'm a, I'm a grown adult. Well, do you have a job? You have a boss? You say, yeah, but I can't stand that boss. Well, you ought to talk to our assistant pastors if you think your boss is rough, let me tell you. You say, yeah, I can't stand that boss. Well, then you don't have to work that job. But if that's the job you've chosen and if that's the, the job you've agreed to, then you ought to be in submission. You ought to be in subjection to that boss. Uh, I'm talking to young people here going back to school. You know who the authority is? It's the teacher. It's the coach. You know who the authority is? Young people, it's your parents. And if Jesus Christ would be in subjection, you say, yeah, but my mom and dad, you don't know how strict they are. You're right, but I'll promise you this. They would never in a million years beat out my mom and dad. My mom and dad won the award for strictest parents. And isn't it amazing now that I look back and I say, thank you. I'm so glad they were. You say, did they try to make your life miserable? I thought so at the time. But now I look back and say, no, I think that was not spelled miserable. I think that was spelled love because they cared. We ought to be in submission to our authority. You say, well, well, who's my authority? Well, there's police officers, government officials. The Bible says, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. For there's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. You say, but that police officer pulled me over and I wasn't even speeding. Well, maybe you were the 10 times before that he didn't pull you over for. I'm just telling you, God has called us to be in submission to those in authority. You say, but pastor, what if I don't agree with the authority? Well, you look at the book of Daniel. You can appeal to that authority. God gives uh, that, that, uh, that answer or that response. But at the end of the day, we're to be subject. We're to be in submission to the authority. Quickly, number seven, and I'm done from this, this outline, this message here I see. Not only the trip, the timing, there's the temple, the tragedy, the teaching, the takeaways. But number seven, I see there's a testimony. In verse 52, the Bible tells us this about Jesus. Jesus, as a 12-year-old boy, it says that he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. So... If Jesus needed to grow in these areas, now I want everybody paying attention. I want everybody listening because your hand should be up. 
How many of you think we ought to grow in these areas if Jesus needed to grow in these areas? Absolutely. Wisdom. What's that? That's mentally. That's intellectually. We ought to be growing. Did you know you ought to know more of the Bible today than you did last week or last month or last year? We ought to grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ought to grow uh, in, our, in our mind and in our academics and uh, in, our, in our study. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. But what about this? Not only in wisdom, but in stature. We ought to grow physically. Uh, we ought to, to, to work on becoming stronger. We ought to work on becoming better. We ought to take care of our body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we should grow in favor with God. That's your relationship with God. Are you closer to Jesus today than you were last year at this time? Are you closer to Jesus today than you were in May when school got out? I hope so. And then the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with man. That is socially or relationally. I believe that it is God's desire that every one of us have relationships that are stronger. Relationships that are better. But you know what I found with relationships? Relationships don't get better by accident. Have you ever noticed that? Nobody's ever come in and said, boy, I tell you what, my marriage has gotten a lot better in this year, last year and I have no idea how or why. <laughs> well, maybe it's because your wife was doing it on purpose and your wife was trying. But usually if your relationship is going to get better with a, a spouse or, or with a, your, your children or with your parents or, or with your coworkers or with your neighbors, it's because somebody worked at it. And somebody intentionally said, I want to be the spouse that I need to be. I want to be the parent that I need to be. I want to be the child I need to be. I want to be the teacher that I need to be. I want to be the student I need to be. And somebody worked at it. And Jesus increased. He grew. And if Jesus needed to grow in these areas, I'll tell you one person who needs to, it's me. And may God help us to grow, to be what he would have us to be. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week. Thank you.